Welcome to Paradigm Lovecast, a portal of thought leaders from around the world supporting and bridging a new paradigm of guidance, support, and practical embodiment tools to bridge the primal, the holy, and the cosmic to radically revolutionize reality. Hello, blessings. Welcome to Paradigm Lovecast. This is Madeline Love, and I'm here to bring you this week's Gene Key that goes from January 22nd to January 27th. It's Gene Key 41, and I just want to share with you right now something that Richard Rudd shares, um, who is the author of this book, shares around astrologically that one of the reasons why people have a challenging time sticking to their New Year's resolutions is because the genetic New Year actually doesn't start until January 22nd. And so this gene key feels like a really potent time over these six days to really be holding in our hearts our vision for ourselves and the way in which I feel that manifestation works and that has worked for me is really not just hoping and wishing and dreaming, but really fully feeling it in the body as if it is now. And then releasing that and letting it go, knowing that it's already happened. And through that process, a lot of things can come up for us around blockages to manifestation, blockages to um, our worthiness, you know, do we actually feel worthy of these things and being able to identify where is the patterning that's playing out in our life that allows us to feel like we're not worthy of these things. And, you know, this can be something that has occurred in this lifetime, maybe our earliest childhood years, Um, before we even remember what occurred that was imprinted into our bodies or could be stuff that we're carrying from our ancestors, from our parents or grandparents or a grandmother or grandfather seven generations ago, as well as other lifetimes, um, other lifetimes that we carry with us at the soul level of things that have occurred. And And then also collective patterning. We as a collective, as a culture, as a species, what has been patterned into us from that level. So there's many different um, ways to to look at these things and different restrictions and blockages that we carry with ourselves. And so right now is a really great time to be in contemplation um, of what it is that we really, really want to create in our lives. And I know for me right now is really focused on creating my offerings in the world to share the things that bring me joy, my music, my writings, and also work with the earth. I really have such a deep desire to be stewarding land, to be stewarding community, to be supporting and co-creating something meaningful that will last for many generations. And so in my human primal (laughs) expression, you know, I just, I want to grow food and flowers and babies and bees and, and be really working with the earth and with my family and my community. And so 
I invite you to really look at what it is that you want to create in your life right now and really feel that fully in the body. And so this week is the 41st gene key and the shadow is fantasy. The gift is anticipation and the city is emanation. The prime emanation, the genetic wheel of samsara. The 41st gene key and its various frequencies comprise a truly remarkable archetype. It stands alone within the human genetic matrix with a very important function. It relates to what is known in genetics as the start codon. Since this is such an important gene key, it may help to understand exactly what it means. Below is an example of a section of genetic code transcribed into letters. The genetic code is made up of combinations of only four letters, A, T, C, and G. These letters are called bases and represent the basic building blocks of the entire code. Hidden within these billions of letters are specific instructions for the body to follow. In deciphering the code of life, scientists discover that there are places within the sequence where the body always seems to know to begin building. They found that whenever the body sees the letters ATG in a sequence, it always acts on the instructions that follow. Thus, they call this the start codon because it operates like a front door key in the code itself. From the above description, you should see how important this 41st gene key is. As a genetic archetype of functioning within human consciousness, its message is of huge importance to us all. At the shadow level of consciousness, the 41st gene key centers around the issue of fantasy and dreams. Being in the thrall of the 41st shadow of fantasy is like holding a key to your dreams in your hand, but never turning it in the lock. Whether you have this 41st shadow in your hologenetic profile or not, you are undoubtedly available for its influence because like all of the shadows, it exerts its greatest power through the collective frequency on the planet. It is because of this 41st shadow that our planet is populated by people who dream of a better life, but who for one reason or another are unable to bring these dreams into reality. The 41st shadow creates a continual pressure within humans. It is the pressure to evolve. When this pressure is distorted by a low frequency field, as is the current state of humanity, it becomes distorted into the pressure to feel happy. Thus begins what the ancients named as the wheel of samsara, an endless cycle of suffering in which humans become trapped by the need to satisfy their desires. With the mass distortion of the 41st shadow, it is as though the body of humanity has misread the instructions left within its collective DNA. It all begins here in this gene key. It is not desire itself that is the problem, because desire, the 30th shadow, comes after fantasy. Fantasy is the spark that ignites the fuel of desire. So how is it that we've misread such a vital code within our nature? And is there anything we can do about it? There are many answers to be found within the higher frequencies of this gene key, as you shall see. 
For the moment, let us try to see how this shadow works and how effectively it keeps human consciousness from flowering. The key to the problem, as ever, lies within your mind. The evolutionary pressure that surges up within human beings carries our entire genetic history within it, that is, our evolution all the way from amoeba to homo sapiens. Over half of your genetic code derives from other organisms from an earlier evolution. All this history carries an enormous weight inside of you. In one sense, it drags you down, but in another, it urges you to want to break free. To face the pressure of all this past inside you takes an enormous courage, and as you let it in, you want to run and distract yourself away from it in any way possible. Because of the ancestral weight carried by this shadow, it has a deep connection to the human appetite and energy. This deeply uncomfortable pressure coming straight out of the 41st shadow causes us to literally hunger for a better future. By the same token, it has connections with eating, not eating, and depression. The distortion of the 41st shadow can lead to all manner of weight problems and energy problems from chronic fatigue to hyperactivity. All of these issues are ultimately rooted in the mind and its ability or inability to fantasize about the future. This shadow constantly shuffles between the dream of being full and the urge to be empty. When the gauge reads empty, you fantasize about being full, whether that means dreaming of meeting your perfect soulmate Having lots of money or devouring a bar of chocolate depends upon your individual mind and its conditioning. Conversely, with when the gauge reads full, you can sink into heaviness in which you feel weighed down by your past and you experience the urge to purge. The shadow of fantasy prevents you from feeling complete because the mind doesn't rest in the now, but swings between dreaming of the future and rehashing the past. However, the greatest problem with this shadow is that it prevents you from actually fulfilling your dreams. You become addicted to the hope that the dream brings to your mind, rather than actually launching off in the direction of the dream. This is a major reason why people live off the fantasies provided by their culture, the movies, or alternative realities created through technology and the internet, which has become humanity's latest great fantasy addiction. The 41st gene key is also in, is always involved with issues of leadership. The leader that knows how to manipulate fantasy can have an enormous impact over others. The programming partner of the 41st gene key is the 31st gene key with its shadow of arrogance. This 31st gene key's theme of leadership is marred with the shadow level of false humility, which is really the same thing as arrogance. True leaders have to overcome a deep fear of humiliation because when the 41st gene key declares its dreams out loud and stands behind them, they risk being very easily misunderstood. Those who bring the new into the world have always faced this challenge. In conclusion, then, the 41st shadow of fantasy sets up the great Maya or illusion in which most human beings live. As a primary evolutionary pressure, it triggers a false start into the mental representation of your life, thereby short-circuiting your ability to live in the present moment. Fantasy itself is a beautiful thing, but it prevents you from really living it because it becomes an escape from life into the mind. 
once you've become trapped in these addictive mental patterns, it's very difficult to recognize them and break out of them. However, in every turn of the wheel of fantasy, as the cycles of your life periodically reset themselves, there is that chance that the next time around, the code will be correctly interpreted. When this happens to you, you will engage the true start codon rather than its shadow. Instead of escaping back into the vicious cycle of fantasy and hope, your higher purpose will be unleashed and will manifest in the world. So when we repress fantasy, it becomes dreamy. The repressive nature of the 41st shadow is about escaping life through dreaminess. These people have an agenda that is dictated by fantasy. They really do not live in the real world. However, you, whatever you say to such people, they will interpret it through their dream. Such people do not actually want to fulfill their dreams, but are addicted to the inner worlds created by their minds. They are governed by deep-seated fear that doesn't allow them to have proper human relationships. This dreaminess often presents as a kind of lethargy that gives rise to the gradual breakdown of the energetic systems within the body, in particular the vascular and digestive systems. The only way for these people to break out of the mental cycle is to begin manifesting their dreams on the material plane. And when we react to fantasy, it becomes hyperactive. The reactive nature of this shadow can be a sheer bundle of nervous energy. These people are always ahead of themselves, being absolutely carried away on the fuel of their dreams. This kind of nature inevitably leads to burnout as the power of the fantasy they are trying to bring into the world outstrips the limitations of the material plane. Their insatiable hunger drives them into deeper and deeper problems while placing enormous pressure on their nervous system. The inevitable breakdown of such a nature is highly dramatic and destructive for anyone else involved. The hope for these people pivots upon their ability to allow others into their inner life and relinquishing their one-pointed obsession with manifesting their dream exactly as it appears inside their minds. And just an invitation to take a breath into this shadow of fantasy and into ways in which it's shown up for you, whether that's in a repressive, dreamy nature or in a reactive, hyperactive nature. And so as we begin to integrate this shadow of fantasy, we unlock the 41st gift of anticipation, which is the ring of origin. As we saw with the 41st shadow, this gene key represents the basic pressure to evolve, to seek out new pastures and new experiences. This evolutionary impulse is the secret to the 41st gift, the gift of anticipation. There is an interesting phenomenon that occurs the more you raise the frequency passing in and out of your DNA. You become more and more sensitive to the hidden properties in the world around you. One of the things you become particularly aware of is the presence of morphogenetic fields. Morphogenetic fields were first postulated by the scientist Rupert Sheldrake, but many other cultures have spoken of such energy fields throughout history. 
Essentially, a morphogenetic field is an invisible energy grid that communicates specific information across time and space. Depending upon your sensitivity, you can pick up information about the past or the future from the field. The 41st gift is a particularly special gift. As higher frequencies begin to operate through this gene key, it picks up very specific information from the morphogenetic field. Every one of the 64 gene keys operates out of a particular morphogenetic field. For example, the programming partner of this gift, the 31st gift of leadership, attunes itself to all the higher frequency leaders on this planet, even inspirational leaders from our collective past. Each gene key draws strength and power from those who've come before, and at the same time also attunes to those who've not been born yet. It may explain why certain people seem to have premonitions about the future. Both of these gifts, anticipation and leadership, operate together, one reinforcing the other. The greatest leaders are those who build upon the past and anticipate what is coming. Likewise, people with this gift of anticipation are naturally held up as leaders. The 41st gift has a single genetic agenda. It is always attuned to the next evolutionary energetic grid that is waiting to descend into form. Behind it are hidden the blueprints of evolution itself. Which blueprint it picks up depends upon the level of frequency and the person's cultural conditioning and geography. We pick up different blueprints in different places, and as our frequency rises, the more details we see. Premonitions sometimes occur to people when their body receives a sudden surge of frequency through a shock or through being in a particular place with a very strong morphogenetic field. Most occult phenomenon are the result of sudden electromagnetic surges through the 41st gene key. These impulses are often misinterpreted when the surge quickly dies back into the shadow frequency, regains its grip on the vehicle. The mind paints its own fantasy of what it just experienced, and people can interpret these sensations and impressions in very diverse ways, from ghosts to past lives. When you are able to maintain a high frequency through the 41st gift, you will be able to literally download all manner of beautiful things from the morphogenetic field. All works of genius emerge from this field. Mozart is a fine example of a man with a strongly activated 41st gift. His ability to read the completed scores of all of his finest works straight from the morphogenetic field is well documented, although it may not have been described in this kind of language before. Mozart was born into a world of music and was intensely tutored by his own father, one of Europe's leading musical masters. It is unsurprising that Mozart picked up on the burgeoning musical morphogenetic field of his era, now known as classical style. He anticipated its maturation and manifested it on the material plane. This is the real difference between the 41st gift and the 41st shadow. It is the difference between genius and non-genius. Genius manifests while non-genius dreams. Since the start codon and its amino acid methionine (laughs) are only coded by this single 41st gene key, it has a remarkable place within the system of chemical rings known as codon rings. The 21st 
the 21 codon rings are threaded together as chemical chains that relay biological information between each other in a fractal manner. This method of information relay means that the body can essentially operate like a quantum biocomputer, organizing multiple levels of information in response to stimulus from the inner and outer environment. Within this interlinked ring system, the 20 amino acids can be combined and recombined to create all manner of chemistries within the body. Nested in the heart of the ring matrix sits the 41st gene key, the ring of origin, pulsing with the source code that it then transmits to the networks of codon rings. Even though we may look at DNA as a double helix with the four bases, strung out along a line of code, its actual functioning within the body as a whole is in no way linear. The implications of the above are astounding. Every single start codon inside every single cell of your body is electromagnetically linked to each other. This is the foundation of the holographic body, which in turn is linked electromagnetically to the holographic universe. Every impulse inside you is therefore communicated to the whole, just as every impulse within the whole is chemically mirrored in your DNA. Once you have discovered the knack of influencing your own DNA, you can literally reprogram every cell within your body. However, in order to activate secret chemical formula inside your body that accompany the highest states of consciousness, you must learn to overcome the inertia of humanity as a whole. This is the domain of the 41st city. Oh, invitation for another breath, breathing in this 41st gift of anticipation. I just want to speak to my own experience of this, of really beginning to tap into these morphogenetic fields and understanding that when we work directly with our DNA, which in so many different ways has been hijacked and manipulated and modified and fractured, um, when we begin to work with our DNA, that is a part of this morphogenetic field, and we begin to heal and we begin to reclaim and we begin to activate and crystallize these aspects of our DNA, it literally begins to change the patterning in the reality around us. And we attract a totally different reality because we've shifted from the inside, which is connected to the morphogenetic field externally, as within, so without, as above, so below. Okay, so as we integrate the shadow, activate the 41st gift, we begin to emerge in the 41st city of emanation. As we have examined the 41st gene key, we have risen to the awareness wherein the physical body can be seen as a holographic mirror of the universe, the source of which is the very gene key. When we extend this model at a microcosmic level, at a macrocosmic level, 
to its ultimate frequency, we reach something both spectacular and terrifying. The question is, what does the cosmic start codon look like, and what does it mean to arrive at the source of all being? As the source of being, the 41st city is the city of emanation. Emanation is a word that's been used by many ancient metaphysical and mystical systems as a mean for understanding something that's really unapproachable. One of the best known of these systems is perhaps the Kabbalah, whose central tenet is to map known as the doctrine of emanation. In a nutshell, the doctrine of emanation points towards a fractal model of the universe in which everything emerges infinitely as a mirror image of itself. The Kabbalists use a symbol of the ten spheres, or the sephira, one emanating from another to represent the various levels of spirit descending into matter. The ultimate source, known as the An Sof, represents the unnameable, inconceivable, limitless light from which all else emanates. Although the Kabbalah is an incredible model of the universe with many different uses and dimensions, it remains a flawed model because all models are flawed by the limitation of language. No language is able to approach the word emanation. It is a word that contains the concept of infinity. The ancient Chinese named the f this 41st hexagram of the I Ching decrease which is a rather profound because the 41st city is nothing less than a black hole. As you approach it, it begins to pull you into pieces. It sucks in language, it sucks in time, and it even sucks in space. It reduces everything down to nothing. It represents the source of everything. This source has been given so many names by so many different traditions as man has tried to understand it. What is so fascinating about this 41st city is that it is the source underlying all true Siddic states. No matter what manifestation comes through our genetics, they are all ultimately grounded through this city that is not a city. In many ways, this is the nameless city, but we call it emanation because we have no other way of approaching it. There is another interesting point that emerges from deep contemplation of the 41st city. Somewhere, deep within your DNA, lies a code whose sole purpose is to trigger the state we called enlightenment. In certain vehicles, the body picks up specific sets of secret genetic instructions that triggers the neurological process of enlightenment. It may come as a shock to many mystical seekers that this process cannot be triggered by what we do up on the surface. Within the hologram of the universe, enlightenment is a spontaneous, a casual non-event. You could say that grace triggers this process, but the point is that it's a chemical process and no one knows why or when or to whom it will happen. It is an emanation that simply arises from an unknown source. The one whose body has undergone the process of true enlightenment cannot know how it happened. Neither can they know to whom it has happened because no one remains present to experience anything. This city triggers the death of experience itself, which is impossible to comprehend outside from this state. From within this state, there's no underlying agenda. Any manifestations of so-called heightened states of consciousness are meaningless. Bliss is meaningless. 
Ecstasy is meaningless, and God is meaningless. All the other 63 Siddic states are meaningless since they are all subtle expressions of the prime emanation. From the viewpoint of the 41st city, everything is reduced down to mere physiology, which is why this gene key can be so terrifying to human beings. It makes a mockery of all your efforts, meditation, morality, and systems for understanding life. There is no how within this city. This is the terrifying sentence for us because it means we can do absolutely nothing to trigger this state, which in turn means that we are utterly helpless. The one in whom the 41st city is made manifest faces a terrible dilemma. If they speak, they know they will speak with an agenda. Even if they do not speak, people will interpret this as another agenda. People know that they are trapped. They know that their state can never be communicated and there's nothing they can say that can help anyone. In fact, whatever they do say will probably be misinterpreted. One thing that can be said about such people is that their state triggers a great hunger in others. Whether that is a good thing or not is unknown. All they know is that for them there is no more hunger. They have somehow fallen off the wheel of samsara and in doing so, There's no longer any pressure to evolve. There's no longer an evolution of consciousness. All evolution is a figment of our imagination and belongs to the domain of samsara itself. In a great final twist, even the 41st city is sucked into the very void from which it emanates, just as the eternal serpent of consciousness, the Ouroboros, is seen endlessly devouring its own tail. Ah, invitation for final breath of this city of emanation. Wow. Mm, That's something that I really love about this. This book that's really allowed me to witness the paradoxical nature of life and just be in deeper acceptance of it knowing that we really don't know. And as soon as we think we know, we've actually just fallen back into shadow. <laughs> it seems that what we, what the only thing that we can really know is every moment, deep presence and what is occurring in this now, knowing that even that could shift in a moment. And so it feels important now more than ever, especially on this time on the planet, for us to be in a continual state of just observing and witnessing and in the deepest level of presence of what is occurring in every now, particularly through sensation. The sensation in the body is what connects us into the ability to tune into the subtle fields, into these these subtle electromagnetic fields that are connected into this hologram. And then from that place, we're able to really witness what's occurring externally and see how this is manifested from the internal state and whether that's any form of shadow or light or contrast or etc., 
excitement. It's always leading us into something within ourselves, something that we can look at. I know for me, experiencing contrasting experiences, knowing that I have done the work around these things, that sometimes these contrasting experiences are really here to show us what we don't want, what we don't want to experience, or how we don't want to be, you know, and that's something that I really brought with my children or unconscious parenting, my daughter, you know, she's come home from school and talked about bullying and all these, these children that are, have been mean and being able to just bring her back to herself and not make that child wrong. So then it's not imprinting polarization into my daughter, but really asking her, well, how does that make you feel? How does your body feel? And that this person is giving you an opportunity to make a choice of how you don't want to treat someone because it doesn't feel good. And so it's really a powerful way to to begin to see um, these reflections externally from a state of neutrality, knowing that it's always in every moment an opportunity to lead us more back into ourselves, lead us back into a more pure way of creating what it is that we desire to see in the world through becoming, becoming that, embodying what it is we want to see. So thank you for listening today. Hold your visions in your heart, feel it in your body, and then take inspired action. Don't just leave it in the dream state. Take inspired action. Be brave. It's time. I love you. Thank you deeply to all of our supporters for making this love cast possible.